is a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Friday matchup show with my main man, Greg Biggins. GB, this ain't your normal Friday, my man. This a little bit special. We got what people are calling the game of the decade. Calabasas Valencia. No, I'm just kidding. GB, <laughs> how you doing, my man? I'm good. How are you? Feeling pretty good, man. Recording here. I know people are going to hear this on a Friday. Excited, um, anticipating this huge matchup. Florida, California, IMG, Modern Day, Santa Ana Bowl. I'll be there with my man, NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer Rod Woodson coming through with me. My man Gary Howard flew into town. We'll be there on the sideline. We got probably 10 Hall of Fame All-Americans playing in this game. And uh, looking forward to a festive atmosphere, a sea of red, and some kids from IMG who are coming down here for a fight, GB. Yeah, I'm excited. I got got to look at the IMG starting lineups and... It's incredible just how huge they are up front. Oh, yeah. Their offensive line goes 368, 272, 242, 346, and 291. That's and right. every one of them is going somewhere like Tennessee or Auburn or, I mean, it's, I mean, Evan Neal. He'll probably be at Miami. Eight. Yeah. 6'8 and 368 and we come yeah. at the opening it doesn't look floppy either. no not at all I mean should we just do we want to talk about this one first since we're already talking about that or do we want to say that save this game for last uh, GB let's just go ahead and dive into it man we, we've okay. already brought it up we might as sure. well it's the pink elephant in the room You've already touched on it. The the IMG offensive line, they're going to have to lean on that group. Led by five-star prospect Evan Neal, Pro Football Hall of Fame All-American. D.A.V. Hammond, four-star prospect, another Pro Football Hall of Fame All-American. They're big and they're mean and they're nasty up front. That group versus a strong, quick and athletic defensive line group. Led by Keon Ware Hudson, Micah Martinez, five-star athlete, Brew McCoy. Don't forget about big, physical Evan Bennett in the interior. I think that competition between that offensive line and that defensive line of modern day is going to decide the game, GB. Yeah, no doubt. And again, I'm looking at this. I mean, Jaleel McCray is going to Florida State. Dante Lucas is going to Florida State. Justin Osborne, Auburn. Charles Turner, LSU. That's just, and that's not even their best guy who haven't committed yet. Evan, that's their offensive line right there. Going to Florida State, Auburn, and LSU. 
Obviously, the, the show is Trey Sanders, the number one running back, arguably, in the country. Right. His backup is a top five running back in the country, and Noah Kane. I'm trying to think. We're uh, on a call, and we're trying to figure out you know, who kind of Trey Sanders reminds us of. He's 6 feet, 215, so he's a big back. And mm-hmm. he's, he, he's got speed. Yeah. As I, I mean, I, I, for me, this is kind of style. The way he, he kind of, I saw a little bit of Marshawn Lynch in him from high school. Hmm. Okay. But it was tough to really figure out. He's got, he's such a unique kid with that combination of size and power and speed. And, you know, remember this is a high school kid we're talking about who's six feet two fifteen. Yeah. Noah Kane is five ten two ten. So both these guys are bangers. They're downhill coming right at you. So you mentioned Evan Bennett and Ware Hudson. Man, those two guys they don't need to make a lot of plays. Just stand your ground. Yeah. Just don't get pushed back into the linebacker. Just stand your ground. If you get a penetration, whatever. But just don't get bullied. Stand at the line of scrimmage. They have some good linebackers. Moses Cipollano, Brew McCoy. Let those guys run and make tackles. The safeties, Jeremiah Cardell, William Nemo will play close to the line of scrimmage. They're not going to get a whole lot, I don't think, out wide. I love Chachi Delgado. Um, but I think that Marty secondary is, is good. You know, David Baldwin will you know will make some throws, but he also got to he's got to protect the football. Sure. And so it's going to be I, you got to think IMG wants to make it a smash mouth. You know, three yards in a cloud of dust. Although they'd probably say you know seven yards in a cloud of dust. That's their kind of game because I don't see them winning a track meet. You know, I just think Marty's got you know more ways to beat you offensively. Sure. You know, with the tight end, the receivers, a couple good running backs. It's a uh, it's a fascinating game within the game when you kind of break down each individual matchups. You know, Darian Green, Warren, or Elias against Delgado. You sure. got the two linebackers um, for IMG, Jacoby Harper, Sean Dollars. You got the secondary, you got the quarterbacks matching up with Bryce Young in, in that secondary for IMG, which is pretty fast and sure. athletic. Absolutely. Again, D1 guys everywhere. For those who haven't seen, you know, a whole lot of IMG and don't know, you know, kind of their talent level, I mean, their best corner is DJ Turner who's going to Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably their seventh, eighth guy in the team, and he's going to Michigan. Right. You know how that's ridiculous. Yeah, a, pl- well, if a you're plethora. Going to Michigan, you're typically your number one guy. You're, Absolutely. You're probably the, the number one guy on your team if you're a Michigan commit. He's like their, you know, their eighth, ninth best guy. Yeah, I want to go back to the comparison when you talked about running backs, Greg, and I think I have a great one. I actually have. Uh, um, a tandem, a tandem comparison. I'm not sure if this has ever been done in the 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 history of human life, but we're gonna go with a tandem comparison. I want to compare Trey Sanders, who I know Trey very well, very personally. I also know Noah Kane very well, very personally, being Pro Football Hall of Fame All Americans. Um, I'm gonna pair the compare those two to two University of Miami running backs, Edgerin James. And Frank Gore. Uh, when I look at those two, and I'm talking about Trey and Noah, Edgerin James was a big running back, but he was nifty and swift. He could run you over, he could run past you, or he could break you down and make moves, slight moves, not super moves, but slight moves to get past you. Uh, I think Trey Sanders is out of that Edgerin James mode and I think if you talk about Noah Kane kind of a more a shorter a shiftier kid who runs with a serious forward lean he's low to the ground can break tackles deceptive strength 
Frank Gore is a guy that comes to mind when you talk about Noah Kane. That quickness, that desire uh, to get to the goal line, that desire to get four yards uh, on a on a fourth and three or a third and three. Frank Gore was that guy for the University of Miami and then off to the NFL where he's now a top 10 rusher in NFL history. Noah Kane compares very favorably, favorably to Frank Gore, if you ask me. So just in terms of comparison, uh, I think those two guys fit uh, those two University of Miami running back comparisons. We understand they have a big physical offensive line. Modern day is going to have to use that speed and quickness, strike fast, strike first mentality uh, in that front six, front seven. I think David Baldwin, not in the passing game, Greg, I think is going to be his biggest contribution. I think as a quarterback on the move in the quarterback run game or when the play breaks down, can he improvise, move the chains with his legs, and keep drives going for that IMG offense? Protecting the football, as you said, GB, is of utmost importance. And I think, not I think, I know in big games it's all about turnovers and special teams. Can David Baldwin protect the football versus a very opportunistic secondary led by Green Warren, Elias Ricks, William Nemo, all four-star players, if if Ricks is not a five-star. What about that defensive line? Micah Martinez has emerged as a significant pass rusher. Brew McCoy may be the most electric pass rusher in the country coming off the edge. He beats doubles. He beats triples. I think it's a mismatch in terms of foot speed. When you talk about that IMG big offensive line, they're going to have to chip Brew and knock him kind of off his path to the quarterback with a back on the way out, which is going to take a little bit away from that passing game, GB. But like you said, it's the game within the game um, that's fascinating and that's going to be relevant to the outcome, and it's going to be very interesting to see um, as the game develops. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Nolan Smith yet, who, sure, you know, you can make an argument, the number one player in the country. Yes, Ridiculous pass rusher. Absolutely. 6'3", 235, freakish athleticism, legit 4'4", 40-inch vertical guy. Yeah. You know, I already mentioned 6'3", 235. I think we mentioned earlier in the year, we're kind of looking for comparison. He's going to be 250. And the guy's similar in size at the same stage as Khalil Mack was. He's you got to figure, if they're smart, they don't line him up against Miles. Cause that's Monday's best left tackle. Right. You know, not saying he can't beat Miles because no one can beat a Anybody. lot of college tackles right now. Right, yeah. right. But if you're smart, right, you line him up on the other side. If you're modern day, man, you got to know where he's at because this guy is like, he's a major problem. He's like nobody that they have ever seen before. Sure. Um, I just remember if you're modern day, you remember Jacob Collier. Nolan Smith is Jacob Collier on like a thousand grams of steroids I'm not saying Nolan's doing steroids I'm just saying like if you thought Jacob Collier was a problem a couple years ago Nolan Smith is a different animal no question so they're going to need to really take care of him but you know the other guy on the uh, on the opposite side is Eric Gregory who's going to Arkansas who's 6'4", 240 right and he's a they good pass rusher in his own, in his own right linebackers yeah they got linebackers that have been offered you know by everybody so I mean it's literally an all-star team and and that's why I'm just going to jump to the chase, Keith. Go with it. I'm, I'm picking modern day because I truly believe 
you have a really, really good team versus a really good all-star team, uh, unless the talent disparity is so dramatic, mm-hmm. you know, that really, really good team should win, right? I mean, you watch an NBA all-star team versus a, a really good NBA team, the NBA team's going to beat them every time. Right. And I, I just see this. I, I see IMG as being really good just on paper. They don't look as good as the last two teams that IMG had. They brought out here to play Centennial. This is true. And I thought Centennial was the better team two years ago. Last year, it was tough to say because Cannon McKee got hurt so early in that game in the first quarter. But I think this year, I, I just think modern day, I just know how well they know how well they coach, how they scheme, how hours and hours of film study they watch how they can confuse a quarterback. They don't send the same blitz twice. They find every little thing that you do wrong, and they take advantage of it. You know, whether it be Martinez on the scene, whether it be Brew going deep, they need to find a second receiver. Sure. Um, Brayden Huff and Dixon is still out five games. He's got This is the last game of the five-game sit-out for him. But, you know, you've got to figure Sean Dollars in the backfield. He's been very good there. Bryce is now comfortable. He was 16 for 16 two weeks ago. He's now, he's, you can see, you know, his confidence game slowing down for him. So, I like modern day, Keith. I know you do too. Um, if you got more breakdown, go for it. But I, I'm, I know you got a score, yeah. and I'm fascinated to hear what your score is going to be. I know it's going to be different than everybody else out there who's going to make a prediction. No one is going to have what you're going to have. <laughs> for a final score in this game. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, no. I know it's going to be unique. It will be unique. Um, I do have a little bit more breakdown. I want to look at that modern day's ability with quarterback Bryce Young to extend plays. When you talk about a pass rusher like Nolan Smith, what does he want to do, Greg? He wants to get up the field, correct? Yep. Okay. So you can imagine, whether he's going against Miles or whomever, Ty Marks, he's going to get vertically up the field. What is that going to do to the quarterback, right? It's going to change his spot. For most quarterbacks, that's a problem because they want to be rhythm passers. But when you talk about the magician, when you talk about the number one dual threat quarterback in the country, getting off your spot is not necessarily a bad thing. For me, it's actually a good thing for the Monarchs. I see that. I see where you're going. I so, see where you're going. So as as Nolan Smith and as the other speedy rusher get up the field, you can imagine or envision Bryce Young's going to step up in that pocket. He's going to climb or he's going to take off. He's going to put pressure on that secondary. Do we come up and tackle? Do we plaster receivers um, in coverage? Now you're in between a rock and a hard place. Bryce not only can move the chains with his legs, he can go the distance because of the physical blocking nature of the modern-day receivers. Martinez at 250, McCoy at 210. They have physical downfield blockers who become pancake machines when Bryce takes off with the football. Now, do you... If you don't plaster and you come up and tackle, you got guys like Dollars and Harper and McCoy and Martinez who are down the field running wide open. The discipline of the IMG defense when the play breaks down will be a significant factor in their ability to defend the Monarchs offense. Now, when you talk about discipline, that comes from teams who have chemistry. That comes from teams who have 
continuity. You just spoke on it, Greg. This is an all-star team in IMG. Are they going to play with that type of continuity, with that type of team chemistry and discipline on defense? Odds are that they won't. Odds are when the play breaks down for the modern-day offense, or extends, I would rather say, I think the IMG defense breaks down and modern day hits a couple of chunk plays in the first half, in the second half. I think IMG struggles to move the ball consistently on the modern day defense, who's been very effective versus the run and has been locked down versus the pass. I don't think quarterback David Baldwin comes to Santa Ana Bowl and he would need a stellar out-of-body performance to come in and beat Bryce Young and the Modern Day Monarchs in Santa Ana. Don't think that's going to happen. I'm taking Modern Day. And I'm not just taking Modern Day. I'm taking Modern Day big here, Greg. Modern Day 42, IMG 14. Ooh. That's my call. I think, I think the Monarchs role that Sea of Red is doing the wave. They're throwing beach balls. Rollo is screaming, you know, from the sidelines on, Warriors! And I think the Monarchs role, Brew McCoy gets a couple touchdowns. I think Martinez is going to hit one down the middle. I think Dollars and Jacoby get one each. And I think Bryce Young gets out the pocket for one. And I just do not believe IMG is going to be disciplined enough in pass rush lanes, plastering the receivers, um, and getting off blocks in the open field when the play breaks down and, and Bryce decides to to tuck it and go. I think they take an L. I think they take a bad L, Greg. And considering some people have IMG as a four-point road favorite is mind-boggling to me. It makes me want to move my bank account over. You made some great points. You know, one thing, and I'm not disagreeing with you about, but one thing that has been interesting to me is watching IMG up close two years in a row. Because yeah. I was actually kind of surprised, Keith, because I mentioned they're an all-star team, but they actually have played with a lot of discipline, don't commit a lot of penalties. Um, Centennial is a very, very hard team to prepare for because of, you know, the offense, up-tempo, the wide splits. And even though they kind of got lit up two years ago, I think that was more about Centennial's offense being so good. I mean, they did that to everybody two years. That was the Tanner McKee junior year that should have yeah. won CIF, right? That was the best team. Sure. And I think even Jason Negro said, hey, that was the better team. We were the better team, you know, the year before, but they had a better team that year. So I think, you know, IMG does run. They are pretty disciplined, but I like what you said about Bryce. For me, I think he's getting more comfortable in the pocket, but he does seem like he's more instinctive and natural when the play breaks down, he can extend, he can just kind of freelance and just go off of instincts, make a couple guys miss. If you're a backer, your natural reaction is what? To run forward or a sure. corner. To run forward. All of a sudden, he kind of fakes the run, drops back on the last scrimmage, bang, 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 25 yards here, 30 yards there. Those guys run really well after the catch. So uh, that's a great point. I think Bryce could have a big game. As long as they can kind of protect him, and uh, don't let Nolan Smith get any free shots. I think Bryce could definitely have a, a really good game in this one. No doubt about it, GB. Unfortunately, my man, we have to move on. Yeah. We got a couple other good games game, on the yeah, list. So another game that I think is highly intriguing is Mission Viejo versus Orange Lutheran. Uh, yeah. Again, a potential, you know, quarterfinal slash semifinal game in CIF Division One. 
props to both these teams, two teams for even taking on this game. Yeah. Michigan Mayo's had a big win over Upland, and they look phenomenal defensively. You know, I don't know if we give them enough credit for just how good they are defensively, but uh, they were really tough. That front seven didn't give a whole lot of, uh, at all to Cameron Davis, who's a, who's a good running back. Offensively, you know, Joey Yellen looks really, really poised right now. The game looks like it's slowing down for him. Sure. He's making all the right reads, making all the right decisions. Oh, Lou, you know, we know what they got. They got a gifted, gifted top three quarterback with Brian Linsky, Kyle Ford, a top three receiver. We're talking about nationally here, not just West Coast-wise. Logan Lawyer, the perfect number two receiver. Intriguing game. I've always said a lot of times, I like Olu's defense and linebackers this year a lot more than the past Lancer teams. But, Keith, you tell me what you think. I'm kind of leaning a little bit toward Mission Viejo, maybe because I just saw them and how impressive they looked. Sure. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be a great one. How do you break this one down? There are a lot of components to this game. Uh, first off, I think you start at the quarterback position. Joy Yellen is playing very good football. Not only Greg is has the game slowed down for him, but he's accurate. The intangibles are showing up on tape. And I think his his receivers believe in him, which makes you run your route hard. Even though you may think you're not getting the ball, there's a chance you may because of how Yellen is reading the field, spreading the pill around, and being accurate on all to all three levels. As a receiver, that's motivating. Right, uh, the ball could come your way at any time. Ryan Helensky, we know, is a superstar quarterback, future SEC quarterback. He's got a ton of weapons. We know their offense is legit at Olu. That's not up for questioning or debate. What will be the deciding factor is can Mission Viejo get pressure as Centennial did versus Olu earlier in the season. McNeely is an excellent defensive end with length and athleticism on the outside. He's twitchy. He's long. He's active and relentless in pursuit. Can they get a push up the middle when Helensky steps up? Can they get guys in his face? It's a tough matchup for the Mission Viejo secondary. Are they up to task to take on this loaded skill position talent? that Olu brings to the table. Cal Ford is a five-star. Logan Loya is a super junior. Maharo's effective, whether he's in a uh, detached position, whether he's in line, he can make plays. Let's not forget Ethan Ray down the middle, up the seam, arrow routes to the sideline, or in blocking, he's very, very effective. What about Reggie Strong? He's playing both sides of the ball. Is he going to be in the game this week? I've heard about some injuries or whatnot. He's an excellent football player. But on the flip side of that, you have Akili Arnold, who's been as about as good as anyone as a skill position player this season thus far. JoJo Forrest has had a big-time senior season as well. Um, are they up to the task of defending that you know, spread, kind of run-and-shoot Olu offense? I think this one's going to be high-scoring, Greg. Um, when you talk high scoring, you go, you tend to go with the quarterback who's going to protect the ball um, with the opportunistic defense. It's a close one. I'm going to go here against the tie, even though Mission Viejo has the momentum and I love Coach Chad Johnson. I'm going to go against the tide and I'm going to take Olu here in a thriller 
and I'm going to call it 4948 Orange Lutheran gets the W. 49. Yeah, 40 man. So a high scoring affair. Neither defense is going to do much in this game. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. And you said you like Olu? I like Olu. 49 48. Yeah, I'm not going to give a score, but I, I, li- I like Mission. Um, but again, I could be, you know, I know Mission kind of struggled in a couple of their wins previously, so I might have just watched them, you know, just the right perfect storm. Yeah. It's at Olu, at Orange Coast College. I don't know if that's that big of a deal. Not like it's not like uh, you know, Mission has to drive you know three hours to get to the game, but it's an Olu home game. Yeah. So two more games here. Uh, Londale is playing Narbonne, and then we're gonna go NorCal. De La Salle is playing Buchanan. De La Salle, by the way, looked really good uh, against Bishop Gorman. Um, their running back Henry Toatoo had two long 50-yard touchdown runs, 115 yards in that one. Let's go De La Salle Buchanan first. Keep this guy already started rallying off the stats, but De La Salle for those of you who uh, have been watching some of the numbers that Folsom has been putting up, they shut him out and won 14-0. to Now, I got to think that there had to have been some weird stuff going on in that game because I don't think a lot of college teams could shut up Folsom. I think Folsom right now is, is rolling. I still give much, much respect to the Data South defense. Buchanan, again, for those of you who don't know, has... Uh, probably the top running back out west right now as a junior, Kendall Milton. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Cropper, another really good athlete for Buchanan. They're 4-0. They're looking really, really good. Um, kind of a traditional Fresno power. Data Sal is a traditional national power. Something's got to give. Both teams are undefeated in this one. Keith, what do you got for me? You know, Greg, I think one word stands out to me in this tradition. It- Buchanan, traditional Fresno power. De La Salle, traditional Fresno power killer. Uh, it's going to be tough for Buchanan. We know about Milton. He's a special football player. He blends, you know, a lot of what Trey Sanders blends with that size, that speed, the ability to break tackles and make people miss. I love Jalen Cropper. Uh, to me, he's a playmaker. He lines up at receiver. He lines up at DB. He's, he's picking the ball off. He's catching touchdowns. He's an elite transfer who can make plays and be a big-time player at the college level. But De La Salle is the ultimate team. I, I don't care where you are, called the, the ultimate team. You know, not a super team, just team, which means do your job right. And that's what they do at that program. You know, I've had as much respect for them as you could have for a program my entire you know football life I appreciate teams who color inside the lines and that do things right I think they are that type of program Uh, I think they'll come out commit guys uh, to the run game I think they're going to take away Buchanan's run game with Kendall Milton they're going to force them to be one-dimensional. They're going to choke out their passing game. Um, and I think De La Salle wins pretty handily here. I'm going to call this De La Salle 31, 38, excuse me, De La Salle 38, Bullard 7. Oh, Not Bullard, Buchanan. I'm sorry. Not Bullard. Buchanan, I'm sorry. Buchanan yeah, 7, yes. One more, 38 to 7. Okay. 38 to 7. And how many yards? I'm going, to, I'm going to give you one more chance to make a prediction. How many yards is Kendall Milton going to rush for in this one? You know, I think he'll I think he'll 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 rush for a little something, um, especially late in the fourth quarter, if you know what I mean. But 
I say he, you know, I say he gets he gets 90. Okay. Say so he gets 90 yards, uh, probably more than half in the fourth quarter. Baylor South's not going to allow Kendall Milton to run up and down the field. They're not going to have it. Okay. They're going to be stout in the trenches. They're going to play gap sound. They're going to attack the line of scrimmage on snap. Uh, Buchanan would be served well to play action the ball on early downs to get some one-on-one shots down the field with Cropper. If that's not in the game plan, not sure what they intend to do, but I can guarantee you De La Salle will take Kendall Milton out the game with numbers, with physical play, and with discipline, leverage on the football. All right. You heard it from Keith. Last game, the Narbonne Gauchos coming off a big win are taking on Londell and the fighting Travis Clarks, led by the great Jordan Wilmore. I think Narbonne's feeling good about themselves right now, Keith. I feel like they're getting the, kind of got the, the spring in their step, and they get some players back, and it's at Narbonne. I know we had Travis Clark on our show last year, and he was saying, hey, I want to play these teams. I want to play Narbonne. Sure. You know, who knows how well we're going to do. You know, we might not win right now, but I want to play against them just to test us. And and he's getting his opportunity right now. Londell, you know, with a lot more than just, you know, Jordan Wilmore. They've got a good secondary. they got some beef up front. they got some big dudes up front. Multiple guys that are in the 260, 270 range. Guys that, you know, Travis has been talking up a lot. Nacho Perino, Sioni Tai. They got uh, Elijah Jackson, who is a Narbonne transfer. Who is our quarterback? Um, should be a good game, Keith. What do you think? You know, I listened to that interview, uh, Greg, with Coach Travis Clark, maybe about uh, two weeks ago, and you could you could feel um, you could feel the positive energy he felt about his team for this 2018 season. He knows he has upperclassmen. He's got a couple transfers in. He's got one of the top running backs on the West Coast and will score. But you're playing the Gauchos. You're playing the, what is it, nine city titles out of ten, Greg? I believe it's something like that. Legendary coach now, Manny Douglas, a a team that's going to have an influx of transfers become eligible this week. Led by Josh Jackson, um, who I think is a underrated and undervalued receiver or athlete. Um, I think he's really good, and he's got a dynamic skill set for his position. Narbon, you know, they're gonna have a balanced attack. Jake Garcia is gonna play. He's very capable. Um, he's a good distributor of the football. I think Jalen Henderson, the game is starting to slow down for the true sophomore. He's going to find his open receivers. Marcise Yetz has emerged as a very productive and dynamic threat out of the backfield, running and catching. Lindell had some trouble defending versus Calabasas. Uh, they had some trouble matching up on the outside. In the secondary, they had some trouble stopping the run game. It's going to be interesting. Can Narbonne's transfers, can they add to um, the kind of ascending offensive production? Or will egos and transfers 
and eligibility become a deterrent as the team moves forward in this 18 season I think uh, with an experienced head coach those transfers and those eligible kids come in they produce um, they add some some energy they add some playmaking and depth to an offense who for all intents and purposes has struggled for the first few weeks kind of got on track last week versus Sarah and uh, Lindale I think is in for a tough night uh, I think Wilmore gets a hundred but I don't think they're balanced enough to take down the Gauchos I got the Gauchos here GB Gauchos 35 Lindale 17 35 to 17 that sounds fair I think that's uh I think unless Wilmore just goes off I think that's probably probably pretty fair but uh yeah we'll see we'll see I know all eyes will be on those those first two games Mission Olu and Marday IMG but some other other good games to watch as well so obviously we'll recap all of those next Wednesday no doubt about it my man and you know we we got a little interview for you we might have a little interview for you. Just stay tuned. We might, have, <laughs> we might have something on the back end for you, a surprise interview. Stay tuned to the transparent truth. Um, but before we do all that, GB, you know one thing we got to do? We got to pay bills, my friend. We have to remind people that every week on the transparent truth, GB, we have a sleeper of the week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really entrenched in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back. Thank you for joining us. It's the Transparent Truth, the number one high school football podcast in America. I truly enjoy my partner, Greg Biggins, uh, talking football, talking players, coaches, matchups. It's the Friday matchup show. We will see everybody tonight. IMG, modern day, Santa Ana Bowl, live and in living color. If you're not there at the stadium, be there on your couch watching it. Support these kids. Interesting article, GB. Sodheimer, is this going to show, you know, how great high school football is or is this going to show what's wrong with high school football? I think it's going to be a little bit of both, Greg. Um, nevertheless, this is the game. This is the matchup. Anything you got to say about that? Yeah, I, I saw that. I didn't read the article. I just, I just saw the headline. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I, I get it. No one likes the, the rampant transfers. But for one night, I'm just going to be watching as a fan of, of some really good athletes and yeah. football players. And uh, I'm not going to bother about where they came from. I'm just going to. I'm just excited to see a little West Coast, East Coast showdown. And that's all I'm thinking about right now. I think it's going to feature some great football. And I think fans who enjoy watching football, I think they'll win. By, by seeing a great game and seeing some great players. So that's kind of where my mindset was at when I saw the headline. And, and, and here's where I'm going to take it, GB. 
You say East Coast, West Coast. I'm thinking about Tupac and Biggie. So if you are IMG, I'm thinking ready to die. You got to be ready to die on that field, IMG football players. That's an old Biggie album, his last album before he passed away. And if you are modern day, it's got to be all eyes on me. It's time for you guys to show up and show out on the biggest high school stage in America. That is the old Tupac album. Uh, a couple albums before he passed. So all eyes on me and ready to die, GB. You like what I did there? Yeah, and, and I know Modern Day for a fact. I know they're going to be gunning for this because people will say, oh, you know, this Modern Day had these transfers. You know what? Modern Day, like, people love to take shots at them. But if you ever step foot on the Modern Day campus or do anything, they are extremely involved in the, in the community. That's a team. That is still a program, very tight-knit. And you ask any former player, you go to any Modern Day game, Keith, They'll have 50 former players up on the sideline or in the, in the stands. I mean, it's, it's yeah, unique. I agree. Um, IMG, and I made this mistake two years ago when they played Centennial. Like, man, this game gets down to the wire. I wonder how bad do these IMG kids really want this? I mean, they're not invested in IMG, right? They're invested on them getting better. You go to IMG not because you want to win a national championship. You want to go prepare yourself better for college. And I said, you know what? This game gets close. I think Centennial wins it. And to my, uh, I don't want to say chagrin, I didn't really care, but. Um, to counter what I said, dude, IMG played hard, extremely hard to the very end, won on a, a phenomenal 50-yard Brian Hightower fourth down touchdown catch, and I was going, dude, man, these IMG kids do care, and obviously pride, right? They're still Absolutely. from Florida, a lot of them from Florida, and we've already made that comment about how kids in Florida, they're just a little bit hungrier than kids out here, sure. but I think Marde, a little bit different animal, and uh, I, I think both teams will play extremely hard, but I still... Think, uh, I still think the Mars got a little too much in this one. You got a score prediction, BGB? Uh, I mean, for some reason, like, I don't know, like 35 to, 50, 35 to 14, mm -hmm. 35 to 17 is kind of in my head. Um, I think that that's about what I see. I, again, I'm kind of hedging my bets. You know, what if, you know, we just see this, 350-pound offensive line just steamrolled down the field, and Marty can't do anything to stop it, like Bosco did to him two years ago. Yeah. I haven't got that memory out of my head yeah. of just seeing Wyatt Davis just line up at guard and just blowing guys off the ball. I could see IMG having some success running the ball with Trey Sanders and Noah Kane, who are both 210 plus. But I just feel like you know, I just feel like Marty's got enough to to game plan accordingly take away the run and then if they do that I, I definitely see a, a, a 35 to 14 yeah. 35 to 17 type of game yeah yeah I, I hear you I do hear you um, what gives me confidence in modern is when I watch them from the sideline against Bishop Gorman who we know they're not the Bishop Gorman of past years of yesteryear but this modern day team is very physical up front in that front seven they have some quick striking uh, physical linebackers. Uh, the defensive line is active and aggressive, and they've got a safety who I can't wait till Jeremiah Cradell meets Trey Sanders and Noah Kane, and they get a little acquainted at about three yards from the line of scrimmage. There are going to be some serious collisions, Greg. We're going to be right there, my friend. I wish Nate Suna was playing, right? That was when, when he went down, I mean, the thing I was hoping to see was Mace 
And he told me at the Mason Mayo tournament, he was actually he was going to be playing middle linebacker this year. Yeah. So before he got hurt, so it would have been Trey Sanders coming downhill. Yeah. You know, at two fifteen, meeting two hundred forty pound Mace head on, and that collision would have been like stinking shoot. I can't even think of something that it compares to, but it would have been a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. There, there's no doubt. You kind of like Bo and whoever. <laughs> you Bo and whoever. <laughs> Bo and Boz. But. I remember how modern day's defense took apart Gorman last year at Santa Ana Bowl, and that's still fresh in my mind as I was, you know, a couple of yards away from all the contact, and it was, they were so physical. And with that red wave behind them, I think they're going to play the same way. So uh, that kind of does it for us, GB. Thank you, my man. This was fun, the matchup show, and I will see you tonight. God bless, safe travels, and uh, for all you fans out there, guess what? There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.